You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here, as always. This week, I'm speaking with best-selling author of the 52 Modern Manners books, Brooke Romney, and she's sharing her wisdom on how parents and students can prepare for the upcoming school year by brushing up on essential social skills. We are talking about classic manners, but from the lens of a modern perspective. So whether your child is stepping into middle school like mine or embarking on their senior year of high school, Brooke's insights will empower parents to cultivate meaningful relationships with their children while imparting the critical social etiquette required to excel in both school and life. And I can't tell you how my kids have responded to Brooke's flip books. Um, We're going through the kids one now, and we do a manner or two every night at dinner around the table. And I read it, or I'll have one of the kids read it, and then we'll go through the scenarios. Okay, what would you do in this situation? And I honestly thought the kids would just kind of roll their eyes at me, but they love it, and they're into it. And honestly, we could all use these reminders, and that's something that we talk about in this interview. It's not just about helping your kids be more successful in life because they know how to interact properly with adults and other people. But it's, it's good for all of us to be reminded of what we should be doing to be good friends, to be good citizens, to be good daughters and, and sisters and all of that. And so I'm really excited that Brooke's work is going out into the world and that it's already done so well because clearly there was a gap here, especially with social media and phones and YouTube and TikTok and all these things inundating our children with social norms. We want to make sure that they are prepared to go out into the world and to be successful. And the most successful people are the ones that know how to interact with others respectfully. I loved having Brooke on the show. I think this is a really important topic, again, not just for our kids, but for us as well. And we all want to be successful. And manners and social etiquette is one powerful, powerful way that you can help your children go out into the world and be successful with their teachers, with their peers, with their bosses, whatever it may be. Um, this is going to give them a leg up. So um, I'm so glad that you're tuning in. If you enjoy it, please share it with a friend. And of course, leave us a review. Please enjoy this episode with Brooke Romney. Well, hello, Brooke. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks so much for having me. I can't wait for our discussion. Yeah. Um, not only am I glad that you're here to talk about manners and the work that you're putting out into the world, but also because I feel like there is a gap as we were saying before, about manners in society. But before we get into all of that, um, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background about you, your origin story, and how uh, the events in your life, major or minor, led you to this work? I would love to. So I am a mom of four boys, and the oldest is 20, the youngest is 11. I've got two in between. And I am, I love connection and I love connecting with people and my kids. And I am really passionate about helping kids and especially teenagers understand that they have the opportunity to be successful. And when my oldest kind of moved into those teenage years, I watched as there were two groups of people, the kids who just kind of got it. They understood social norms. They had high emotional IQ. They'd probably been taught things by their family and their parents. And as I watched them, their life went on a really positive trajectory. And I watched as another group, as as little kids, things kind of all work out. You know, there's enough adult orchestration. But as teens, 
I watched as the other group that maybe it didn't come as naturally to them, whether they were neurodivergent or maybe just didn't get it like some kids do. Um, and then, or maybe they hadn't been taught things that made life a little easier. And I noticed that these two gaps started to diverge. And one group of kids was finding a lot of success in a lot of things they were doing. And the other group was not. And as I watched this and I watched the kids in my own home, including my own, and then the kids we'd have, and I spent a lot of time at the middle school, I thought there has to be a way for us to bridge this gap Mm -hmm. so that some of these really simple emotional IQ, social IQ things can be taught so kids have a better chance at success. And then as I started seeing more kids in my house, and I just thought, how do kids not know this, including mine? Mm -hmm. Like I was not putting mine on an island of knowing all the things and And we are fairly intentional parents who are trying. And I was watching him still not get it sometimes. And I thought, we have to be able to do this more deliberately. Um, And so that's where this idea for these short, simple, very clear manners came into play. Because the kids who were doing those were the ones that were finding a lot of success. And the kids who were not were the ones that weren't. And I wanted to be able to find a way to help all kids have a chance at feeling successful. I love that you frame it that way from the standpoint of wanting success for your children, because who doesn't want that for their kids? But I think no one's really thought about it in the way of like social etiquette or social ability, uh, just the ability to interact with an adult in an intelligent way and not come off like, you know, like a child or, or like an older child who doesn't know how to interact and who's just, you know, being authentically themselves, but missing that that essential self-awareness part. So that to me seems like a really big crucial point in in your books, in your guides. Can you talk about self-awareness and why why you do have to be intentional with your children in teaching that? Yeah, one of the things that um, I think is different from like an older generation to this younger generation is because we didn't have cell phones, um, AirPods, we were plugged into the world all the time. We were watching our parents interact. Plus there was just a lot more social interaction. So we watched it modeled for us consistently. You Mm -hmm. had to go to the bank and talk to people. You had to go to the grocery store. You had to go to the post office. And our kids are living in a much different world where they're not seeing as many social interactions because so much is done online for one. And then for two, even when social interactions are happening, many of them are um, on a device or are being left home because there's something for them to do there, or they've got their AirPods in, and so they're not noticing the world around them. And as I started seeing this, there was such a gap. And, and as parents and even as adult members of society, we're expecting kids to get all these things, but they're not watching it and they're not being taught it. And so I found that deliberate teaching was really essential because we don't want them to walk into a more adult world or even just to a friend's home or into school and things are maybe different at home or assumed at home, and then they're different out in the world, and then they have a bad interaction or it doesn't go well, and it's so easy for their self-esteem to plummet or for them to think that nobody wants to be their friend when really it's just a few tweaks that can help make them successful or help to be seen as the helpful kid or the polite kid or the one that you'd like to have in your home or the one that Mm -hmm. teacher relies on. These aren't really big things. They're really small, and I wanted kids to have an opportunity to, to fill those gaps. 
I love that because I think so often too, if you see a child who's acting, maybe not like you would wish, even if it's your own child, it's almost interpreted like, oh, that's someone who's not as intelligent when that's really not the case. It's just these little tiny changes that you can make in your daily interactions that swing a really wide door. That's so true. And I think that's so important. And even as parents, if you have multiple children, you know, you're teaching the same things. You know that they're all intelligent in their own way. You know, they all would like connection and friends and some do it so seamlessly and others really struggle. And that's, that's why I thought we need something that's more concrete that can really help parents of all different types of kids be able to help teach and be successful. Okay. So for the woman listening, we're talking about your guides, your count. What do you call them? Are they books? Are they calendars? Are they guides? How do you phrase it? I, I usually just like to say a flip book because okay. I think that's the most descriptive of what it is, but it's, it's a little hard unless you've seen it and gotten into it to really understand what it does and the power it has. Right. Okay. So the first one is 52, 52 modern manners for kids. And then your follow-up is 52 modern manners for today's teens. What can our readers, our listeners expect to find within the kids one first? Well, the kids one is actually a prequel. I did the teen one first um, because Uh I was in this teen world. And then as I published that, parents started saying, I want to start this journey earlier. I, you know, I don't want to wait until they're a teen to teach them these really important things. Give us something that we can start earlier. Plus there's things that kids struggle with that teens don't and and situations they have. So um, the kids one is really fun. It actually just came out. And um, one of the things we like to talk about all kinds of things, there's physical manners, there's social manners, there's emotional manners, things like that. But parents are really loving that they have a way to talk to their kids in a simple way. And for both of these books, that doesn't feel like you're attacking them or consistently correcting their behavior. You're getting out in front of the problem. Mm. So the first one in the kids book says, wait for your turn to talk. And this basically is about not interrupting. But instead of parents being frustrated every time their child interrupts, it gives a game plan. So it talks about, you know, what interrupting is and, and what that looks like and why we don't want to do it. It gives a why. And then it also gives, in the kids one, there are little let's practice scenarios. So we want to go through like three to five or six scenarios so kids actually get it. So it says, you know, one of the scenarios is your mom is talking to her friend and you can't remember your dog's name. And that's not important. But then there's another scenario. So you're not going to interrupt for that one. But then there's another scenario where your mom is at the park talking to a neighbor and your sister falls down and is injured. Well, that's a great time to interrupt. So really helps kids work through the nuances of manners and it helps them feel so empowered. Like they know what they're supposed to do in especially difficult and tricky situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the teen one is a little bit deeper. This talks about a lot more about friendships. Like um, there's a manner that talks about find new friends. If If your friends are consistently being unkind and consistently leaving you out, we know that every kid has bad moments. But if this is happening happening consistently, it's time to find new friends. And then that book encourages them. This means you might have to be alone a little bit. You might have to reach out to people you don't know. In the end, that's going to be worth it because there are people who are going to like you for you. They both have 52 in them. Um, there's a small cross section. I think there's about 10 that overlap in some way, but the younger one does it more for younger kids and then the teen one for older kids, but they've both been really powerful, especially for different stages of parenting. 
Yeah. And I can't emphasize enough, like after the pandemic, when we were all isolated and kids basically lost two years of social interaction, like I feel like this should be at the dinner table every single night, at least being talked about one page at least, just to catch up from that period of our lives where even adults kind of forgot almost how to interact face-to-face in society. You know, that's such a good point. And the first one for teens came out in um, 2021 and it was the perfect timing for just like a crash course on remember what we're supposed to do when we're together. And I love that you talk about that and how powerful it is for parents to learn alongside their kids. In the kid one, there's a family challenge that everyone can work on together. And I found that in the teen one, I've had so much feedback from parents who say, I forgot this. I need to remember. This is a good reminder for me. And I wrote the book. And every time I flip to a new manner, I have to check myself because there's ones I do well that come naturally. And there's ones that I really have to concentrate on. And if I'm being honest and being a little lazy, I don't do those. So when I flip to that new manner, it's a good reminder. Hey, when someone comes into your home, invite them in and ask if they need a drink of water, make sure they're comfortable. My husband's great at that. I'm kind of like, leaving someone on the doorstep. So these are really good reminders for me. I love that. And even the part, and I think it's the teen one that we talk about friendship and like the hours, the hours that it takes to be an acquaintance, a friend, actual good friend. Like I needed that reminder because I think so many moms who are in their thirties or forties and they're like, I feel so isolated. I don't have any friends, mom friends anymore. This is weird, but it's like, oh yeah, you have to put in the time. You have to put in the actual hours. So for me, it was like, Oh, like I'm doing okay. It's okay. You know, like it's, it, like you said, it was just a great reminder of thinking like, oh, there's actually science behind this. You know, people have studied this. And if you want to have a certain life for your children or yourself, you have to put in the work and here's how you do it. I just love that. I love your example because what I hope these manners feel like are they're empowering it helps our kids understand that they can be in the driver's seat of their life. They're not just, you know, collateral damage to how somebody feels about them. They're not just awkward, whatever it is. They have the power to be a great friend. They have the power to get a job. They have the power to be the house guest that people invite back. Mm. It's really great for them to know that, hey, I can do things that help me create a life that I want to live. I don't have to just sit on the sidelines and watch other people do it well. I can be the person that does it well too. Absolutely. So how did you reconcile, you know, manners that you know, our parents learned and our grandparents learned with today and technology and all of the intricacies that go into that? How did you bring them all together into one cohesive work? That was something that I thought a lot about. And one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to put the most important things for our kids to live connected, successful lives. Some of those are physical manners, like you talked about, right? About um, looking someone in the eye. That's an important manner. Other things maybe aren't as important, like which fork to use when you go to a nice dinner, you know? So I, I left some of those out and really concentrated on the ones that made our kids feel connected and empowered and able to have the relationships that they wanted to have. Now, some of those are physical, Um, because the way we use our body language matters in the way people relate to us. So that is a physical manner. Um, Respecting people's homes, that's a physical manner. It gives a little breakdown of what it looks like to respect someone's home. But it also comes back to 
if you are someone who respects someone's home, you will likely be invited back and be offered more opportunities for connection. Um, Technology is really important to me and helping our kids navigate technology well. So there's some in that kid's book talking about how we don't share personal information. Um, There's one that I really love that's really powerful about what to do when you see something online that you don't feel comfortable with. Helping our kids feel like, my mom's not going to be mad at me for this. This is an opportunity to go share with her what's going going on online because what's happening online is not my fault. I need help from an adult to navigate this adult world. Um, In the teen one, probably one of, I feel like the most important matters is nothing online is private. It doesn't matter if you think it's going to disappear. If you sent it to your friend who said they wouldn't show anyone, screenshots last forever. So making sure that whatever you're typing or sending or posting is something you're okay with the whole world to see knowing it came from you. Um, That one manner, I think, could solve a lot of heartbreak for a lot of teenagers if they understood it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't even want to get into that. But yeah. Um, What do you think are the biggest challenges? I mean, we have this great layout, we have these conversations happening. What still happens that makes it challenging for parents to really hit these home and and to help, help their kids be successful? Well, the first thing that I can think of is there are teenagers and and maybe some younger kids who don't want this family bonding, let's talk about, you know, manners and social skills that works in a really awesome way for some kids and for some families. But one of the reasons why I wrote it and created it the way I did, where it stands up on its own easel and people can take it in as they want to, the biggest reason was because there are lots of kids who don't want to learn from their parents, especially through those teenagers. Mm. And so what I wanted to create was a book that worked for all types of families. For the family who's excited about getting together and connecting over these ideas, who are doing the family challenges and making it really fun. And then also for the family with a prickly teenager who doesn't want to learn from their parents, but are probably some of the people who need it the most. And so Mm -hmm. having it just being displayed on a breakfast bar, on a kitchen table, in someone's bathroom, where they're able to take it in on their own terms and learn for themselves and then use it on their own terms was really important to me. And I have a lot of families and that's the way it works best for them is for their parents not to say a word and for it to just sit out and they can watch um, one family. I've got two fun stories. One is the mom never flips the page, but somehow it gets changed. Mm. And that means that people are learning and reading and listening um, on their own. And the other is a mom whose child said that was the stupidest book she'd ever gotten. That's so ridiculous. People don't even care about manners anymore. And when she came home, she found him in his room reading it on his own. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think our kids deep down, they, even the ones who don't act like it, they would love to be successful. And this really simple way I think is, is really useful in homes for all kinds of families, all kinds of ages and all kinds of attitudes. Yeah. What, what do you think is the earliest age that parents can start to teach manners to kids? Is it when they're three years old on the playground or what would you recommend? Yeah, that my, my kid's book was written for kids ages four to 12. I think it depends a little bit on your kid. We have very intuitive and interested four-year-olds and we have four-year-olds who are just trying to learn how to talk still. So I think it Mm -hmm. depends, but I don't think modeling great manners. It's never too early to do that. It's never too early to praise your child when you see them 
living a life that is aware and, and considerate. So I love the idea of just starting really young by a lot of positive reinforcement. And I also think one of the most powerful things we can do is share some of our failures when, you know, when we don't do things that are as polite as we want, or maybe when we've seen something out in the open, so it doesn't feel quite as personal to our kids, but, you know, saying, wow, I, when your friend came over and he asked if I would like him to take his shoes off, that was so polite. I just really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Or for a younger kid, when your friend left today and helped you clean up the toys before he left, wasn't that being a great friend? Wasn't that so kind of him to think about that before he left? And so we can do it in small, subtle ways, even before we're ready to teach it from a book. And then when we are teaching it from a book, having it, you know, on the forefront of our minds so that we're noticing and and reinforcing in our real world. Do you plan on making a book for corporations? (laughs) I actually am working on one for adults because... Oh, nice. There's a lot of parents whose uh, young adults are not interested in reading a book for teens, but who do need some just reminders, especially those who had a big chunk of their young adulthood in COVID, just getting back, getting back into relationships and, and people and awareness, I think is really important. Yeah. And just going back to the empowerment part, you know, I think especially if you're kind of a precocious child, but you don't necessarily know how to interact. It's almost like a beginning course in human psychology. You know, what works, what's going to, again, create success in your life. And it's not in order to manipulate, it's actually respect. And that is such a good point because I think sometimes people will bristle a little bit at the idea of manners, kind of feeling like it's this older generation making them do things, Mm -hmm. you know, that to make them look good. Yes. And what I really want to emphasize is these are manners that make us feel good. They make us feel good about who we are, about our relationships, about the way we relate to the world, um, about our contribution to the world. I mean, one is pick up after yourself, right? There's not a magic fairy that picks up everyone's trash at the end of the day. You know, this is a way for us to live in a world that we enjoy and a way to live in a body that we enjoy with relationships that we enjoy. And I think the more we realize that, and then, you know, the collateral damage Mm -hmm. in a good way is that it creates a better world for everyone else around us too. Yeah. Have you gotten any reader stories coming in through reviews or whatever, where a child has completely done a 180? Yes. We have had so many exciting, successful stories. And one that is one of my favorites is um, there's a girl who has um, moderate autism and she has a really good friend. And this friend invited her to go on a outing over the weekend. And she was a little bit nervous about it, but she and her mom went through the book about how to be a good house guest and how to be, um, how to be, how to help and all these things. And The family she was going with didn't know that they were prepping in this way. But when this girl got home, the other family called the mom and just said, she was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. We loved having her. We can't wait to have her again. She has such great manners. She was so helpful. And this girl felt so much success Mm -hmm. in her own life. Um, Another favorite is a high school boy whose family was reading the manners books together. And he saw the one about finding new friends. And he was already in high school, 
But when his mom read that manner, he paid some attention. And later he actually went to her in tears and just said, I'm part of the worst group of friends. They're so unkind to me. The mom had no idea. And as he was reading this book and it kind of sparked this idea in him, he spent the entire summer after his sophomore year working on new friendships and had the most incredible junior year where he felt like he was where he was supposed to be. Um, There's some really powerful stories that are happening, not only because of the manners, but because of parents' willingness to create connection through them. Yeah, well, I think underlying it all is we all have that desire, right? We all want the best for our children if we care at all. And um, I don't know if there was just nothing like this before, you know, that existed, especially for today's modern, fast, technological-driven time that we're in. I mean, it just is the reality. Yeah, I... As a, as a parent, I've read a lot of books and, and you read them and you're like, yes, this is great. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get to implementing them, I can't even remember what I just read and why and how to do it. And so I really wrote these books first for my own family. These were mm-hmm. things I wanted them to know. I wanted it to be in a format that was doable for me. And that means, like you said, in our fast paced, busy world, that it was short and it was sweet And it was laid out for me. So I didn't have to go back and research. And then I knew because of my family, like a one and done doesn't always work for us. So the fact that it was out as a reminder, people could read it again. I could read it again. I could reinforce what was going on in the world was really important to me um, that I was creating value for families, not something that made them feel like it was not doable or it wasn't for them, but a way that they could really engage in you know, improvement in their home in a really simple way. Yeah. And I could see this not only in homes, but in schools as well, like sitting on the teacher's desk and she's flipping to a new one every single day and talking about it or just having it out there for them to read. Are you in schools as well? Yeah. So I have had a ton of teachers who are so excited about it, who put them out, just like you said. And I'm actually working on a curriculum right now for middle schools where there will be videos, um, writing and journal prompts and posters that teachers will be able to use. So hoping that will be out at the end, um, probably in May, so they can get it ready for the next school year. Oh, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Okay. We are, wow, almost to the end of time here. Um, Brooke, what exactly do you want this book to do in the world? When you were writing it, when it was done, when you had sent it out, what was in your heart? What was the true hope for this book? Um, I had three hopes. The very first one was that it would reach the kids who are struggling. I have a a soft heart for the kids, especially the teenagers who feel lost in our world. And I thought if this book could do anything, I want it to help that individual kid who just is like, I don't have friends. I don't relate. I'm not successful. And I wanted to give that kid hope and opportunity. The second thing I want to do is I wanted to help parents who felt lost, especially during those really busy times. And I wanted them to be able to say, I have something that helps me feel like I am connecting with my kids and being the parent I want to be. And then on a larger level, I would love for this to be in so many schools and homes and families that as a society, we start to lift each other up in a really beautiful way. Um, and so those were my three goals. I'm, I'm seeing the first two happen and um, I hope the third one happens at some point too. Well, I have no doubt that it's going to do that. I mean, it's already creating such positive change. I'm so grateful for you and your work. 
Brooke, where can the listener find out more about you and get the book? Books. The books are all on Amazon and easy to find there. And then I have a really amazing community full of parents um, at Brooke Romney Writes, where we help each other and share ideas and love just kind of going through this parenthood life together. Wow, incredible. Again, Brooke, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you for taking the time to speak to my audience today and keep pushing because Lord knows we need this in the world. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to share it out, subscribe, and leave us a review. Till next time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.